0: This is Philippians 9 through 11. And this I pray, that your love may still more and more, and in knowledge and in all discernment, and that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may have been sincere with the offense up to the day of Christ, be filled with fruits of righteousness, which are from Jesus Christ, to the Lord, glory and praise of God. So we are walking through... Um, we are going on with the book of Philippians. We're on Philippians 1, 9 through 11, and this is part of Paul's prayer, and this is his prayer for maturity for the church in Philippi. This is his prayer for the church in Philippi. We've read it in um, the New King James Version, uh, but I would also would like to read a little bit in the Amplified Bible because of a few words that I will point out as I go. It says in the Amplified, And this I pray that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth, in real knowledge, and in practical insight, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent, identifying the best and distinguishing moral differences. And you may... And you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, actually living lives that lead others away from sin, filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God, so that his glory may be both revealed and recognized. Amen. This is what the apostle writes to the church here. And he is speaking about maturity, what maturity looks like. The components of a mature Christian. And one of the components we are going to look at today is the component of love. We are called as a church to live in love that is discerning, in discerning love. And I've purposely put that discerning with this love because I think it's a word that fits more on what Paul is talking about here. So some of you might be thinking, okay, we're talking about discerning love. What is discernment? Discernment is the ability to judge well, especially to judge the way God might judge in any given situation. When we have have discernment, we're at a place where we are able to judge well where we are able to separate things well. The word in Greek that is used for that word, discep- um, for, for uh, discern, discernment or discerning, is aesthesis. And aesthesis speaks of, pers- of, of a perception, not only by the senses or intellect, cognition, or discernment, but also it speaks of moral discernment, the understanding of ethical matters, as in plain from what we have had here in Philippians 1. He says that it says that we are to be the people who have the knowledge to separate between the right and wrong. And he speaks of this love that separates, this love that makes us distinction, this love that distinguishes between right and wrong. Charles Spurgeon, my favorite, you always know that he's gonna come up. Say discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It is knowing the difference between the right and the almost right. Because anyone can know between right and wrong. But sometimes it's so hard to find that space between the right and that almost right that is dressed up as right. Discernment puts, puts the real work into life discernment discernment makes us to put our knowledge that we have into practical situations it is it is it is it is hard to discern and to use discernment when you are in the context of relationship because there is so many things pulling on the sides it is one thing to just define this is right this is wrong this is evil this is not from a distance but it's more challenging to distinguish when you are in the situation when you are in reality when you are in relationship when it's the real headlines in front of you of things that you see or you're in real crisis it's hard to do that but it's something that we practice before we get to crisis When we practice it before we get to to crisis, by the time we get to crisis, we know what we are to do. The problem with us believers is only we want to use discernment when we are in crisis. We are called to live and grow in love that has this discernment. And that's a daily walk for each and every one of us. The ability to discern is given by God. That's the truth. But also the Bible tells us that we are to be trained consistently in the practice of distinguishing between the right and the wrong, between the evil and the good. Where do I get that? Hebrews 5.14. He says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish between good and evil. It's something that we practice, that we get trained into, that we become because we continue to exercise that discernment. Paul here in Philippians, he says, My prayers that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment." Most of the times we think that love leads... We usually think that we knowledge leads love but in this case here paul turns around and he says when we are in the love of christ the response of the love of christ is the right knowledge the philippians we hear as we read further in the story we hear that the philippians were the one of the most loving churches to paul They gave gifts, they followed up, they were there for him. They were one of the most loving churches to Paul. But yet Paul still says to them that he prays that their love would abound more and more. And I want to encourage you, Broadway, today. You are a loving church. But I want to encourage you that your love should abound more and more. Do not stop here. You have not reached the ceiling of the love of God. We are called day by day to grow more and more in the love of God, in this agape love of God. We are called discerning love. That's the scripture that we read. Our growing in love has to be anchored and focused in God's truth. When we are to grow in love, we just don't grow in love. We grow anchored in the truth of what God's word says. Our love is base and, and receives its life and fuel and passion from what God's word says. Amen? So we are anchored in that. In, in the century that we live in, it's very easy to be distracted. There's so many things that can distract us from being at a place where we are living readily, readily, having looked at what this says. There's so many things that can distract us from that. There is Twitter. There is everything, man. And I want to encourage you that our hearts, the love of our hearts is led by what God's word says. This agape love of God, we sing about it. We sing the reckless love of God. Yeah, it is wild. It is deep, but it's not vague, and it's not just sentimental. The love of God that we talk about, this love that He is talking about here, is not just something that goes "ooh." It is filled with the knowledge. When we love the way God loves, it's because we are filled with the knowledge of what he wants us to do and what he calls us to do. A good example of the love that is sentimental and virg is found in Corinthians, the church in Corinth. Paul says to them, you boast about your love, you boast about all these things, but you've got a man that is sleeping with his mother. And that's fine. It's something that you boast about. That's the love that is vague, that is just sentimental, that has got no substance in it. He calls out the church at that time, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 to 7, if you want to read it later. He calls their love that seems to be this love which has got openness, that lacks the sense of knowledge and discernment and truth of God's word. It is very easy to just fall in that it's all love. It's all awesome. But Paul here tells us that love should be discerning. The love that we have should submit to the guidance of God's Spirit and God's Word. Love without discernment just leads to spoiling and overindulgence. We see it in Corinthians. Good example. Spoiled this man. They were fine with him living the way he was living. Because they were loving him. And I know we talk about Jesus loving sinners. And yes, he did, but he loved them to life. He did not love them to their doom. Each sinner that Jesus met, he told them either go and sin no more or something like that because he loved them to life. And I want to encourage us as a church. This is what discerning love is all about. When our love is based on the truth of God's word. He says that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and all discernment. Paul does not want it to be blind love. We are not called to blind love that pretends it doesn't see. We are called to a love that sees. We are called to a love that has 2020 vision. It leads us to insight. It leads us to knowing. We hear here when Paul writes, it says your love abounds and when it abounds, then you will know and you will have discernment. Brothers and sisters, we are called to a love that descends. But also not just descends, we are called to a love that produces a few things. Number one, produces knowledge. We are called to a love that produces that knowledge. What is knowledge? Knowledge is the accurate awareness of reality, especially spiritual reality for us, acquired through educational experience and all these other things. But the, love, the knowledge that he's speaking about here, the Greek word for it, is epignosis. And epignosis speaks of precise, correct knowledge. It is used in the New Testament to speak of knowledge of things that are ethical and divine. We know as well that knowledge is a gift of God. Because Paul prays for it here. In verse 9 he says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment. We also hear him praying the same thing for the Ephesians. Say that the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, Ephesians 1.17. We hear him again in 1 Corinthians 2, 13-14. says, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept things of the Spirit, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The knowledge that he's speaking about is spiritual discernment that we would know. But also, in that knowledge being a gift, we realize that there is toil as well that is involved in us in growing in that knowledge. We find ourselves, Paul says to Timothy, study to find yourself approved. There is work, we've got a part that we need to play in it. And then we hear him again in 1st. In Colossians 1, I'll read Colossians 1:29 and then two and three. He says, "For this toil, struggle with all energy, sorry, for this toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I've had for you uh, and with those when Leodicea uh, and for all who have seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged, be knit together in love, rich with all riches of full assurance and understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ, in whom is hidden all treasure of wisdom and knowledge. The knowledge that he is talking about is the knowledge that is found in Christ. And we find this knowledge in different ways. It could be by submitting to teaching. It could be by studying God's word. We need to be people who fall in love With reading and understanding and knowing the love letter that is written to us. When we read this and understand it and know it, then we then, that is only then, that we get the true knowledge, the true right knowledge of what Paul is talking about here. Another thing that discerning love does for us is that it produces integrity in us. And we hear that, as Paul says, so that you may prove what is excellent and so be pure and blameless to the day of Christ. Philippians 1.10. He speaks of integrity. This word in the Greek culture that Paul is speaking about was associated with purifying metals. It was associated as well with most probably looking some things through the sun so to see if they are pure. So they knew exactly what it meant. And that, that is how they looked at something to see if it's authentic. They would put it through the sun to see if it's authentic. And this is what Paul is speaking about to here, to us here. That we are to be people who are authentic. What is that integrity that he's speaking about? Integrity speaks of a pure, unmixed, and without alloy. Those whose lives are exactly as they appear to be. It's easy to appear to be when we are not. It's the easy route. But this love that we are called into is love that produces integrity in us, that leads us to the fruitful lives for God's glory. We can only be fruitful when we are sure and we are true to what we are called to be and to who we are. And he says that we may be sincere and without offense. How do, we, how do we get this love? Let's go a little bit on, on that. We get this love by abiding in him. He says when we stay in him, then we'll be able to produce these fruits of integrity and all these other things that he speaks about. Remember in the book of John, what does he say? He says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And then he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out in a branch and withered and gathered them and thrown into the fire that they will be burned. And he's speaking about the fruit comes from abiding in him. This fruit that we spoke about, the fruit of, of integrity that we spoke about earlier, and the fruit and the fruit as well of knowledge that we spoke about earlier, all these things come from abiding in Christ. And I want to encourage us, Broadway, as we love each other, as we grow in that love, that we grow in abiding in him. So discerning love in a way helps us it helps us to avoid immature impulses that we have. We have impulses to do things. We are said to do things a certain way that we've always done them. But this descending love helps us to avoid those difficult situations. It's difficult and confusing when you're confronted with emotional pleas about this and that. But before we make an impulsive decision... We go back to this love that is descending, that has been given us. This love that is, that is anchored by knowledge of God's word. That is anchored by knowing him and knowing the power of his resurrection. Another thing to think about is that love and discernment, discernment and love you might call it, they are really saved together. They are really put together. Usually, we think of love as a separate thing from discernment. But the, the problem with that is that wisdom, which is what we seek, is hidden in the marriage of love and discernment. When we love and we discern well, then we walk in wisdom. And we are called over and over again to be wise. The Bible tells us be wise even to the outsiders. Be wise as you live in the world. Be wise. There's a lot of be wise. That wisdom that we are called to is found in connecting the love of God and discernment, knowing what's the right thing to do. For us to produce all the fruits of the Spirit, or for us to be patient, to be courageous, to be humble and do all those things, it comes when these two meet, especially in the days that we live today. We need love that is connected with discernment love without discernment is a big issue and this is what we see in most of our lives today love without discernment looks at a situation and thinks about it and interprets it on what will others say about this what will they think about this it's more concerned about what others will think Or what others would say. It's based on what others would want. It's not based on what God wants. I would define this love as a love that is capulitating. It's shallow. It's superficial. It's dishonest. Because it's not telling the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices in honesty. And so we need to be people who are full of love and full of this kind of love that has truth, that is honest. This love that, is dis- that, that lacks discernment as well, I would say it's a love that has a kind of an allergy to hard questions, and it's got a sweet tooth for approval of others. And I want to encourage us as a church that we need to have the love that is not worried about the approval of others. Paul tells us here that that discernment and that will bring glory to God, but also to the day of judgment before God. But as I have said that, some people would think now, oh yeah, I have discernment, so I'm in the right place. But I want you to realize, Paul does not just say, yeah, great, have discernment. Paul puts together discernment and love, and he calls for love to abound even more. He doesn't call for discernment to abound even more. He calls for love to abound even more. And when we have have discernment that does not have love, we end up being people who are interested in the investigation or in the information or in, in these things that represent people but are not people. We become more interested and more focused and fascinated with information than being focused and fascinated with God's people. When we are walking in discernment without love, we know the knowledge, we know what's right and what's wrong, but we lack the ingredient of putting those two together and walking in wisdom. So there is danger in walking in extravagant love without discernment. There is danger in walking in discernment without love. So I want you to hear me Broadway. I'm not saying that yes we should just have discernment and have no love. That's a big mistake. That's what the Pharisees had. That's what the Sadducees had. That's what the scribes and the teachers of the law had. They had discernment, they knew what was right and what was wrong, but there was no love in it. And the picture of Jesus is putting love This extravagant love of God and this great knowledge and discernment putting together, that's the picture of a mature Christian. That's the picture that Jesus is calling us to be like. We cannot excuse ourselves from loving people because we are heralding the discernment. When we do that, we become calloused and we lose the compassion for God's people. God has called us to knowledge with love so we don't become puffed up and lose compassion. In the discernment that we're talking about, it is important that we love, but also it is important that we discern at the same time. Godly discernment catalyzes and strengthens love. Love becomes cheap if it doesn't have discernment. And when we have discernment, it strengthens that. It holds it together. It lights the fire on the heart to take a risk in loving people. Your discernment should call you to a place where you are taking risks in loving people. So church, you see where we need that wisdom? How do we do this well? It's where those two meet. We grow in love and we grow in discernment. Sometimes it might be the love that Not everybody wants that we have to offer or what they demand or what they expect. But it's a love that has a deep desire and commitment to serve and sacrifice for others for the glory of God. That's what we are looking for. That's what Jesus is looking for. That's what Paul here is talking about, a love that has got a deep commitment and a deep desire to serve and sacrifice for the eternal good of others. Maturity speaks of being filled with descending love. Philippians 1, 10-11, it says, "...so that you may approve what is excellent and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus." Exercising that love that has discernment is not just for survival here on earth. We need to be filled with that love. And when we practice that, when we really, really practice that, when we practice the love and discernment together, it's not merely about winning arguments. Christians these days, we are so consumed about winning arguments that yes, we've got the argument of right and wrong, but we lack the ingredient of love. And sometimes we've got this extravagant love, but we lack the ingredient of discerning between right and wrong. It's not being on the right side of history, but it's being the right side of God for eternity. What is our goal as believers? What is our goal? Whose side should we be on? We are called to be right before God for eternity. If we want to glorify God in what we do, we are not to settle for just commitment and discernment without real love. If we want to be more and more like Jesus, we cannot settle for just love without real discernment. If we are to make a difference today in our world today, We need the love of Christ that is filled with real knowledge and discernment. If we are to make a difference today, we don't need political power. We need love that has discernment and knowledge in it. Because then our neighbor knows that and sees that and they are changed by our lives. Because they watch it and they see the authenticity. These other complexes, yes, they are great. It's good to have some sort of power or whatever. But with, with that, without the love that has got discernment and knowledge, it is a waste of time. We affect the people that we meet daily. And so if we are not showing authenticity, no matter how much, no matter how much we know, it's not going to affect the people that we meet daily. No matter how much we know what is right and wrong, and we point it out every time, if we don't love those people, and don't have compassion for them, we don't, have, we don't have anything. We've got squat. My prayer for us today as we go Broadway is that God help us to grow, not only in discernment, but that we'll grow in love. That we'll grow in knowledge. Knowledge of him. When we put those things together, we've got a mature believer. A mature believer is one who loves extravagantly, is one who has knowledge of God's word, and is one who descends the will of God and is able to follow it. That's a mature believer. An immature believer is seen sometimes by knowing what is right and wrong and never knowing how to use love in those situations. And a mature believer, as well, is seen by loving extravagantly but not knowing how to harness the truth in that love. It's very interesting to me because it takes me back to what Jesus says when, what John says when he speaks of Jesus, he, says, he came with truth and grace put together. When we've got love that does not have, when we've got a lot of love and we do not have, um discernment, we are just sitting on grace and we let everybody do whatever they want and it spoils. And when we are sitting on discernment and knowledge that doesn't have love, then we are standing on the truth. We don't care what you think. We don't care what, we don't care what happens to you. You we are not caring for people. We are not showing God's love. But when we are still sitting here where there is truth. And grace together, we are bringing healing to people's lives. We are making God known to the world. Our God is a God of truth and grace. When we mature as believers, we mature in the truth of God's word. We don't move from that. But we also mature in the grace of God, and we don't move from that. My prayer for us today, as I close the worship team can come forward. Is that Lord, grant us and help us to grow in discerning love. Help us to grow in truth that is mixed with grace. Jesus came, the, the, that scripture in John, it says, Moses gave the law, but Jesus came, came to be with. In grace and truth. Broadway, it's not just grace. Broadway, it's not just truth. It's grace and truth put together. That's a mark of a mature believer. The one who knows how to love and to descend well. May God bless you this week.